Right, it's terribly exciting here on Rosette because we've got our first ever guest. Hannah, are you excited? Ooh. We're about to do something serious for the first time ever. Like, yeah, I feel like I actually have got a bit of anxiety. You look anxious. This. You look doing, anxious. Doing something serious for once on like 20 episodes. Here we go. Right, it's very exciting because we've got Charlotte Robson here from the True Faith uh, Newcastle podcast and fanzine. Charlotte, how's it going? Good, thanks. How are you? Very good, thank you. Um, it's been an interesting week for you. Talk us, talk us through the roller coaster of emotions you've been on. Yeah, well, um, God, it's it's Wednesday when we're recording now, which is the day last week that this started to trickle through in the afternoon that this takeover may be actually happening and and in fact may be done. Um, it was pretty much lunchtime, just after lunchtime last week, where I was like, okay, there's going to be no more work getting done today. Um, just constantly refreshing Twitter, checking what journalists were saying. Luke Edwards from The Telegraph, who has sort of made a bit of a name for himself being quite negative about the prospects of this takeover, came out in the afternoon and said, I'm very confident this is going to happen. Um and then that was like a turning point for people. My dad, I'm living in my parents' house at the moment, my dad quite literally left the house to go and try and buy a season ticket there and then. Um, <laughs> and um, their box office was closed, unfortunately. They, they aren't selling oh, the button. So got down there. Then. Yeah, no, literally, he was, like, he was like, I will not. I was like, just phone them. Just, just stay in the house and phone them. He was like, no, I'm going in person. Um, so <laughs> he went down. And uh, and sadly didn't get one. So we'll be in the hordes of people trying to get them half season tickets later in the season. Um, and then and then Thursday, it was sort of late on Wednesday night. Lots of people saying it's basically done. We are just waiting for an announcement. Um, Thursday was just an insane day because of um, because of the, the podcast. And also I, I sit on the board of the Supporters Trust. Um, there were just so many media requests to talk about it. And I was also in London for a wedding at the weekend. It's like the worst time to leave Newcastle. Um, and people like sort of batting these away and trying to get people in Newcastle to go and meet with reporters and stuff to talk about this potential takeover. So it was very mad and tiring and exciting. And just and then it was announced sort of at a weird time, like 5.16 p.m. on 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 uh, the Thursday night and it's just like I, I still don't think it's sunk in properly for me like mm. I can't really get my head around it where are you kind of I suppose from like a an emotional point of view because there's obviously the question of where the money comes from and this has raised a huge question of kind of morality in football and ethics in football where does that all sit with you it's a really um, complex and big and horrible question. Um, mm. I, you know, I, I think, I think social media has taught people that everything's very binary, and you, if you think one thing, then you cannot think another. So if you're excited about the um, takeover, which I, I'm excited that Mike Ashley's leaving, I'm excited for the future of my football club, like, mm. like you wouldn't believe some people sort of seem to think that that means that I can't be conflicted about where the money has come from and, mm. and about the record in Saudi Arabia. I, I absolutely am. Like, ultimately, I, I still support my football club. I'm still very excited about the future. And it opens up a really horrible and interesting conversation that I think everybody should be having about where that money's come from and, and, and what that country does or has been alleged to do or, you know, however people view it. Um it's it's a really difficult one and one I think we will keep talking about and should keep talking about, you know, 
past the sort of initial excitement of the takeover. It's weird though, isn't it? Because it's, it's, I was thinking about this quite a lot. I had quite a lot of time at an airport yesterday to go <laughs> just have a little think. Were you going and somewhere or just hanging out? Just hanging out, yeah. just hanging just out. I work, at, I work at the Starbucks to make ends meet while we're um, yeah. trying he to get the passport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they took it away. Um, but I was kind of thinking like, and I, the, the point I think I tried to make to you kind of off air before was that we're, we're people are firstly making the, the um, they're, as you said, conflating the Premier League and Mike Ashley with Newcastle fans. Mm. And people are even saying to you, you've taken Saudi money. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, I haven't. Mike Ashley hasn't. It's the Premier League that's kind of allowed this to happen. But it's also, I suppose, this issue of it makes you think more generally about football and the governing bodies in football. Because I thought, I was like, okay, so hang on. So I, I support Tottenham, I support team in the Premier League. The Premier League allows this to happen. Tottenham play in that by I go I watch Tottenham I pay for Sky I pay for BT actually I don't um somebody else doesn't I use their account sorry Rupert uh <laughs> that'll really hit him where it hits yeah that's how you, that's how you hit the uh the moguls isn't it but I just sort of thought it, it it starts a more broadly interesting question about kind of what I want out of football as in kind of the money has poisoned it to such an extent, whether you're talking about Saudi Arabians, whether you're talking about Roman Abramovich, or whether you're talking about sponsorship deals with Nike or whoever it bloody is, um, Tottenham included. And I've done lots of kind of branded sponsor work with Spurs. I think, hang on, how has this got anything to do with a football club? Like doing this stuff for a Chinese insurance company that I know nothing about. And it's kind of made me think like, I still love Tottenham and I love the 90 minutes on the pitch, but... I think I'm going to do my best to use the tiny platforms that I have to kind of just try and point out things that are maybe wrong with football in the hope that that at some point this kind of th this movement starts to grow. And maybe as we've seen like fans on the board of football clubs and stuff, maybe there mm -hmm. becomes further down the line, more moral accountability because I'm stuck. I'm always going to be a football fan. So maybe further down the line, something can change. And I suppose in a very circuitous way, what I'm getting to is do you feel like as Newcastle fans, maybe you can try and, or is there an instinct? I don't know to try and in kind of maybe improve the behavior of Saudi Arabian state. <laughs> yeah. But do you know what I mean? But like, no, I totally get what you mean. Yeah. I totally get what you mean. And, you know, from a trust point of view, I'm here with my podcast hat on, but from a trust yeah. point of view, we've worked with Amnesty before. We've worked, we work with United with Pride, who are the um, LGBTQ plus yeah. um, group of uh, Newcastle supporters. Um, kick it out, racism in football, all of that stuff. And, and I will you know, on a personal and like loudly always shun and condemn discrimination. And, mm. um, and, and I also have a very, very small platform. It's, I really don't want to overstate that. And I'll continue to have those conversations and engage with people. I think it's really important not to shy away mm. from them. There is too much money in football. They used to like, not, not to, not to sound reductive, but 
the, like the housing market had a bubble and it burst. Surely that is 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 going to happen. I don't know on what kind yeah. of timeline, but surely that kind of thing will happen. I think the fan led review, which the trust um, contributed to, um, is a really important first stepping stone in that. We're, we're you know we're hoping as a result of that we get that fans get a golden share in their in their football club that they are they are, they have a seat at the table and they are consulted on things. As it stands, fans are not consulted on anything. So yeah. to start to say to Newcastle fans, you've taken Saudi money, or aren't you disgusted? Well, mm. there wasn't any choice given to us. And I know that some people may say, well, okay, you, you, you could boycott, you could protest, you could do X, Y, and Z. But the average football fan wants to, like you say, Joe, go and watch their 90 minutes on the pitch. Like the, yeah. the, That is a very big and difficult thing to ask a normal football fan to do. Um, and I think... I, it, it's just it's just a really difficult situation and a really difficult question, and I don't think I don't have the answer right now. Yeah, yeah. If I did, I think I would have a lot more money than I do if I had the answers to these questions. It's not as if it's not as if the money's been divvied up between every Newcastle fan, is it? No, it's not as if it's, you've personally gone. Yeah, I'm going to have a, a great benefit of this, but there are going to be benefits for Newcastle, not just the football team, but the surrounding area. Well, that's the thing as well. Amazing. Yeah, you're so right. Um, and I was thinking about that and then forgot. So thank you, Anna. Um, that. <laughs> Well done, Hannah. Football's very much about community as well, and particularly in the northeast, where if you've been, St James's Park is in the centre of town. Like if you're shopping in town, you can hear when a goal goes in, and it's just it's like this. It's just this like bastion of the community. It's just there, and it has been neglected for such a long time. And so have the facilities, and so have the sort of. Academy, for example, used to be something the kids, local kids would be desperate to get into. And I really don't think that's the case at the moment because the facilities have been just left to ruin and, and the, yeah. the, the quality, you know, so, so there are enormous benefits to, for the region as as well as as well as for the for the club and you know ascending the table is obviously something we're very interested in doing, but there is a really exciting opportunity for the region and community. And I know that comes at, at a really difficult price, but that's that's the reality. And if I'm trying to look at the positives of all of this, then that is a massive one for me. Yeah, but perhaps not an exciting opportunity for Steve Bruce. What's your what's your thoughts on that? Well, I disagree, Hannah, because Steve Bruce stands to get, gain about eight million quid from uh, leaving Newcastle United. So that feels pretty exciting to me. I've told you, it's <laughs> the best job in the world being a football manager because you blow it, it and you get loads of money. It's so good. You can be a terrible... Even if people hate you, you get paid. Yeah, terrible football manager. <laughs> Seven wins and 37 or whatever it is. Terrible. And uh, here's eight million quid. Good luck to you. I... <laughs> can't wait for him to leave he's he's a he's a re, he's the last sort of sort of uh oh, what's the word I want you know like relic but not really of the Ashley era he was hired to keep us at 17th he was hired to um to just in his words keep us ticking along that is literally what he said his job was to do um he is you know probably just naturally not a great communicator but he has he has been terrible at trying to engage with fans I just he's just he's I just can't wait for him to go who do you who do you want to take over oh god literally give me a Sunday league manager I would you like Nuno because I can facilitate that for you. <laughs> you see at where we are, because let's not Personal. forget Newcastle are on nineteenth. Nuno would do a job for us. He's not the answer for like for the rest of the 
you know, for the next few seasons. But Nuno would get us out of the relegation zone. I have no doubt in my mind. So yes, I'll take him if you're offering. I've heard Antonio Conte. Yeah, there were rumours. Brendan Rodgers is also um, uh, a bookie favourite at the moment. Um, I don't actually think that the consortium who have bought us have anybody lined up. Um, From all like sort of accounts that I've heard, they had a great link with Rafa and they really wanted to bring Rafa back. And he, um, oh, that would have been great because we loved him. Um, But he took the Everton job and he's a very as far as I understand it, very prideful man that will never just walk away from a job. He can be prized away, Rafa, can't he? I mean, he, did, he this was the guy that went to China. Yeah, because his contract was ended, to, though. Sort of yeah, his contract ended. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, if you if you sort of give him a bit a bit of dosh, I'm sure he'll be... He'll Mate, be you can't, say, you can't say anything about Rafa to Toon fans. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this laptop in the time, Mike. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I genuinely don't think he would be prized away. I think if, once his contract ends, and he, he probably, he might, like if the job was still there, which you know, I hope it isn't. Um, I think he might consider it, but uh, he he's doing a job at Everton and he's got like backing and he's got a really good project on the go, and that seems to be what Rafa really thrives on. So he's doing a really great job. I mean, he's turned like Damari Gray, one and a half million pound signing into you know what looks like a good player. Andros Townsend, we were talking yeah. about him last yeah. week. You know, he's just. Unbelievable. So fair play, but it, it feels like sort of poetic that Rafa would go because he spent that time at your club and did well, but with no resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for him to go back now with a load of money and say, "Look, Rafa is an open checkbook. Go and get who you want." It will be. It will be nice. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. What a stitch up for Everton fans though. Ancelotti did one when they <laughs> thought he was there for the long haul. <laughs> Benitez. That, oh. Harsh, I don't. Um, I I don't think he would go. I would love it because I loved him, um, but I don't think he would leave Everton. Do you think we're going to see a few new signings then in the January transfer window? Because for Bar kind of Alisson Maximan, there's quite a lot of overhauling to be done. Yes, we have we have largely the same team as the Championship season in 2017. Yeah. Um, Yes, but I don't think, you know, I, you know, people are like, you're going to announce Mbappe and all of this rubbish. We're not in Europe. We're not going to attract those people. Those people want to play in Europe, right? There'll be, I think, or I hope, um, real strategic decisions on, on signings and, and loans for January to keep us up, to sort of move up the table. And then in, uh, in the summer window, uh, much more of an overhaul. But again, you know, I think it's going to take a, a season or two to attract those super super top tier players because we need to move up the table. No, like mm. it, th- th- there are some players who might come on the on the prospect, but they'd have to be younger players, players who are you know already brilliant and exciting. That they're already playing in Europe and they don't want to just leave and and leave that exposure and that cash. It would be really fun though because when Man City got taken over, I think they signed was it Robinho? Robinho, yeah. Uh, Joe as well, like these really like high profile players, like just go and spunk a load of money on this like really flashy player. It would be it would be good to watch. It would be good to watch, but I also that didn't work for them very well. Like no, no, but they just had unlimited money, so eventually they they got it right. It it took a long time, but they got there. I would rather it takes a long time and you can see a project being built. Personally, I just think that that you get a lot more buy in. 
from fans who once they can see it, this is another thing with Rafa, like you can see that he's got a plan and he's got these like binders full of potential players at all different price points that would fit into how he wants to set up and how he wants to, how he wants to play. And that is exciting for me as a football fan to think, Oh, this really clever, like brain has, has thought it out in, in a really structured way. doesn't sound that sexy, does it? But it does, that excites me more. James Tarkovsky's Tarkovsky is not as sexy as someone like <laughs> no a Brazilian version of him. Who, I don't know who that is. But the last thing any manager wants to do is come in and irritate Newcastle fans yeah. because we've seen, particularly over this last week, the last few months even, Newcastle fans are something else, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, very much yeah. so. We are. Um, well, we the trust ran. I realise I'm talking a lot about the trust, but we've done a lot of stuff lately. We ran a, a snap poll, just a poll survey, just before it was after the Wolves game, so just before the um, the takeover was announced. The Wolves game, by the way, which I was at at the Molyneux, and I left like more depressed than I've ever left a, a Newcastle match. It was just so, I was genuinely just sad. Like it was just. The away end wasn't in sort of unison or full voice, like yeah, and that's weird. that's very unusual, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's hard at the Molyneux because you're spread over an entire stand rather than like compacted into one bit. So it is hard to kind of get you're on one tier of one stand as away fans. So I think that doesn't help. But it was just it was turgid football. It was just so crap. Wolves were rubbish and they beat us and. Like, it was just like, where do we go from here? Like, there is no, that, where, how how do we progress? And then, um, and and we ran a pulse survey, yes, to your, to your question, Hannah, um, saying like, do you want Steve Bruce to go? And within 20, 12 hours, we had 5,000 responses. It was something like 97% said yes. Um, wow. So we, we put that out into the press and it was picked up by um, nationals at the time. And this is the fan base that you're dealing with like yeah, you know yeah. there's they're extremely passionate they're extreme they love their team and their city by for, for for the ones that are from here and not really let's be honest and um and getting on the wrong side of them is 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 not going to work out well for you in my opinion but having said that it's also not hard to get on the right side of us you just have to like communicate not be a dick and um am i allowed to say that absolutely yeah, okay. yeah of yeah. course you can you're passionate <laughs> communicate not be a dick and then and also just like like not play crap football like rafa's football was sometimes quite boring to watch but you knew it was part of a plan like if if you can communicate that to fans and say this is part of it that wasn't good enough. Coming out and saying that was when we when we drew one one with Leeds and saying that was a thoroughly entertaining game of football. And then Bielsa comes out and is like furious because he hasn't won. That's what we want. We want a manager that's like, we should have won that game and I'm going to make sure that we do next time. And where what what's the turning point for Steve Bruce? Because you obviously must have liked him initially, no. but you've never liked him. You've just never liked him. No. So none of the fans were happy no. when he signed and you've just maintained well, that. He used to manage Sunderland, didn't he? he did. so Developed the that's, hatred. That's, that's why. That's but Hannah's how, how a United fan, right? So she likes Steve Bruce. I just I just feel like I just feel a bit sorry for him I like um, him I would feel sorry for him if if he had any ounce of humility and or um or was being paid no money but he was being paid a significant sum of money to do a terrible job and I have Mm. little to no sympathy for that 
Yeah. And I know, I know it's like, you, you don't want to hear your manager come out after you've had a terrible performance and be like, well, I didn't think it was too bad. Cause you're like, what is going yeah, on? Yeah. What are you, what are you how, how do you improve if your manager's saying like, yeah. yeah, good, good game. And you're like, you lost. How is that a good game? It's like, well, we were good for, 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 he often says we're good for 45 minutes. We're good for 60 minutes. The game's 90 minutes long. You have to be good for the whole time. Like stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going to miss Steve. Okay. No, I like him. Bruce. I sort of want him to be like my father-in-law or like a sort of a drunk uncle that I go mm. and see from time. I don't. I wouldn't want him managing my football club, but I think he's quite cute in so, sort of a bumbling so way. He has so many friends <laughs> in the media, and lots of accounts say he's a really nice guy. I I saw him once walking his dog in Newcastle and said hello, and he was nice enough. You know, I'm sure he's a nice guy. But he's a bad football manager and he doesn't communicate well and he bristles and he's got thin skin and he just shouldn't be in the job. That's... What dog's he got, Charlotte? Mm, she's called Maggie and she was brown. <laughs> okay. I'm a cat person, so... I was um, just I was just really hoping you were going to say something nice that like at some point, you know, you did have a bit of belief in Steve. No. But you just not, there's just never... No, no, no. None. Okay. Him coming um, was... Um, was just typified Mike Ashley's Newcastle United. Like Steve Bruce is not an ambitious appointment. Steve Bruce used to manage Sunderland. And when he managed Sunderland, he specifically said, I would never want to manage Newcastle. Like, no, thank you. That is not for me. And then when he came to us, he was like, this is my dream job. It's always been my dream job. And I'm like, I know you have to kind of say those sort of weird platitudes to rival clubs or whatever, but yeah. like, just shut up, man. Just, just don't talk about it. <laughs> Well, look, he's, he is going to be gone, I'd imagine. But by the time this podcast comes out on Friday, I'd imagine he will have got the bullet. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're round at your house, Joe, you'll be giving him a cuddle. Yes. Oh, Joe, I got sacked, but I've got a bit of money. Do you want to go to the public? <laughs> yeah, come on, then, Steve. Is that, is that possible? <laughs> yeah, because he's got a weird Geordie accent. I know I can't talk because I've got a posh Geordie accent, but like he's got he's got this sort of strange one where he's been away and he and he yeah. still kind of turns up a little bit but it's not quite right and he says things like i hope i hope we can oh he's like he always says things like i've made me mind yeah <laughs> yeah I, met I just want the newcastle fans a well wondering... they don't steve look charlotte just finally where, where are newcastle united going to be in five years five years top four Okay. Ooh. Whoa. Yeah. Kylian Mbappe? Ambitious. Yeah, top, like, I'm saying, like, top end of that five years. It's not going to happen next year or whatever. But, yeah, I think uh, top four, top five, I think in five years we can do that. Well, there you go. You heard it here first. Steve Bruce is going to get Newcastle United into the top four. Well, the well, 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 <laughs> well. <laughs> Steve Bruce with Maggie is his assistant manager. He's going to do a better job. Look, Charlotte, thank you so much for coming on. It's like really just like thank unbelievably you. like eloquent, articulate, like I think voicing the what a lot of Newcastle fans are feeling. So we really do appreciate your time. And if people want to um, find out more and kind of follow the podcast and find out more about the trust, how do they do that? Yeah, we're at TFNUFC on Twitter, um, true-faith.go.uk. And then the supporters trust is at NUFC trust, I think. Uh, yeah, it is. And, uh, and that's... Uh, uh, oh god just google Newcastle United supporters trust the website's probably too long um, <laughs> or, or that NUFC trust if you must if you have a question um, I will pick that up but thank you so much for having me <laughs> nice one Charlotte look thank, thank you so you. much really appreciate it no worries thanks thank so much you.
hairy man, aren't you? Huh? But not all men are happy looking like Mr. Tumnus, and that's where Hoosh comes in. Yep, I like my men soft and smooth like silk. And finally, I can get rid of my husband's rug because Hoosh was built to make men's self-care fun, easy and enjoyable. Now look, I'm no stranger to a downstairs tidy up myself, but I'm not going to lie, I do always worry about nicking my precious boys with a razor or burning the little corporal with some other products on the market, which is why Hoosh is great for me, as their ultimate goal is to help people feel their best through attentive, innovative products and the best natural ingredients, which will leave your skin soft, nourished, moisturised and soothed. Hoosh is also powered by inclusivity and adapted for everyone and serves people regardless of their shape, gender, colour and sexual preferences. Yep, Hoosh is all about inclusion, liberation and representation and much like this podcast, it's something we hope everyone can enjoy. So whether you're a hairy little ape man like Mike or you want to be sleek and smooth like Hannah's dream man, Hoosh will help you get there with confidence and pride. Go to hoosh.uk to find out more. Stay charged with hashtag Hoosh Power. Hoosh Power. 